Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Nets fans, we made another playoffs. That's two years in a row. Five times since we've come to Brooklyn. We're becoming a winner. We're becoming a winning team. It's playoff time. Let's talk about it, Brooklyn. We are the front office podcast. What up, everybody? Uh, My partner, Sam is in the building. Sam, say hello to the good people. Nets Nation and, and uh, anyone else listening, including the uh, the jealous Knicks fans. How we how we doing? Better than the Knicks fans, I can tell you that for sure. Um, I but you know what? I, I like what's happening to them. They're they they're very just humble and and quiet. They're you know they're <laughs> they're watching what uh. Uh, the Nets were able to accomplish with like a team that on paper must look worse than their, uh, um, you know, uh, regular season team that they threw out there. But that the play-in bubble week gave us surprising basketball that's giving us playoffs in the seventh seed, uh, which I did not at all think what was going to happen. Like, uh, give, give me your uh, your your really tight. And small, rolled up um, version of what's happened in these last eight games. Look, I mean, like i I think there's I think there's two quick sides to the coin. I think you can be at, on one hand really proud of uh, the way they played and the way they competed, uh, and all all credit goes to the to the, I think the three headed monster leader crew of Harris, Lavert, and Allen. And at the same time, I think you can also Put a little, uh, put a little cold water on it, and realize that they beat like some teams that were playing half speed or or, or weren't totally in it. But all in all, it's a it's been an incredibly positive uh, experience at uh, in Disney. They they represented. Yep. I what what I was angry about before uh, the bubble started was just this complacency feeling, this 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 thing that where. Um, and I and I blame Kyrie a lot for this. Uh, uh, the the things that most people blame Kyrie for, or or hang on Kyrie, I don't. I only hang real things on Kyrie. And 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 for me, the whole let's start our own NBA. Why you know let's let's not play like I think I the first thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about before we get to the Nets and what they did, but. The bubble thing was just done flawlessly. If you're if if you're if you're an activist type, um, you know you you might look at what the Nets the NBA did as glad handing as as you know, uh, uh, you know 
corporatized activism, which isn't real and, you know, has a phony texture to it. I, I couldn't care less. They put the problems of racial inequality and the way police are, are policing uh, minority communities, you know, on the forefront. And I think they did so much for the movement of just presenting to the world that this way of thinking is, is unacceptable. And I'm really, really proud of the team. I'm part of the reason why I, I I'm like in a weird place with Garrett Temple is because he, he's him and Jacques Vaughn just were just excellent voices for our team in the sense of, of where we stand as a people against uh, uh, racial inequality and oppression in this country. And that, and and that was the first part of it, but the bat uh, of why these eight games were so great. But the basketball, I I just I'm a big Karis Levert stand. T- tell me what you think about how how he played. Yeah. So by the way, I want to say one thing about the activism because I think that I think what you just said was um, was really eloquent. I, and I, the only thing I want to add to it is I think what's awesome about what the NBA did is I think for all the the talk that everyone had about how this was going to take away. I think if anything, what what the NBA did with this tournament and with the jerseys and with and with the different commercials, if you're watching a game and all the oh other, oh my god, excellent point, excellent point. That, that that's come out like they've also they've also completely normalized um, putting social issues at the forefront of and and being used simultaneously with a sporting event. Which for when Kaepernick was doing what he was doing, and this isn't to go down a whole Kaepernick road, but. Yeah. Even though, even though to most of us, we thought what Kaepernick was doing was was like totally normal, and when he was expressing his First yeah. Amendment right, like a lot of people thought, like, oh wow, this is so radical. Meanwhile, the entire NBA just basically did exactly what Kaepernick did, and I think now if we see it again, it's not going to seem crazy at all. If uh, anything, if anything, the NBA kept the conversation alive because the protests were dying out and like any like anything in our society we start worrying about the next thing which is you know who's running and and for election in, in November but I, I like i said it for someone like myself who who you know i i'm i'm a i'm a dad and and when you're a dad it it automatically like throws water and makes some of your uh more militant and more activism activist uh, uh tendencies and nature to, to to calm down but i watch it in my children and i watch how uh inspired and top of mind some of these things are because of the way the nba handled it and, I, and I, i'm proud of our guys you know you know i i look at karis and i go karis is probably not really a militant guy he just seems more of the kind of easygoing like you know, smart, you know, I, I do what I'm supposed to do type of guys. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it, it it gives Karis a way, even though that may not be his focus and his focus is playing basketball, but a way to just actively keep showing that, that it isn't normal to be racist. And, um, you know, because racists have been empowered, especially this last four years, and I won't get political, um, uh, 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 but this, this was tremendous from that standpoint. And, and also it was tremendous from a basketball standpoint because we learned a little bit about our core three would take, tell me, you know, before I, I, I start waxing poetically, tell me what you saw out there. Tell me what, what, what was real and what Nets fans should, should be really excited about um, 
um, that we saw in these bubble games. Yeah, so I mean, look, I think what I'm what I'm already nervous about is look what what Karras has done, and I think a lot of the analytics people like to say that you know what, like a lot of these guys, if they're on their own, can score twenty or thirty points in a game, and like what he did wasn't that crazy. But like what Levert did was for an eight game stretch against good teams, and he p- totally put the team on his back. And this, I mean, this Nets team. I, I think because the Nets have been talked about so much, they've almost been normalized. But like the roster is atrocious. Like they're, I mean, with they're they're without eight guys that they started the year with. Uh, they have a million G League guys. They have a million guys who are getting minutes who should never get minutes on a playoff team, let alone a team that may have like bigger aspirations than the that. Plan, the plan was to have Michael Beasley have some kind of renaissance, right. and, and he exactly. couldn't even play. Exactly, and so and so like I give Jamal I, Crawford. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. It's but and so on that note, like I give Levert a ton of credit because I think he's done a really good job leading the team. And like, look, we can, I mean, me and you could talk for six hours about the way that he carved up Gary Trent and the rest of the Trailblazers because that was just an absolute show. And it's, and, uh, and it's disrespectful. And they were just calling Gary Trent like the one of the stoppers of of the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, he's been opening eyes. Uh, uh, Karis uh, ran up in him. I, I, <laughs> it, it it was just amazing to watch um, this kid play. But I think also you have to give it to Jared Allen. You know, yep. I, I'm I'm watching a lot of hand wringing, um, and that's that's been my part of this where I can't even really enjoy being wrong because because one. I thought this was a failure of a roster myself, you know, like that, that was an excellent point you brought up of, you know, this was a garbage lineup and, and considering the year that, that Rodion's has had, like Rodion's has had a confidence problem all year. And it was because Kenny Atkinson would send Rodion into games and basically, you know, he's got to shoot threes He's uh, uh, a lot of the time he was weirdly in a small forward position when he was bigger than the person playing power forward. Not that the person playing power forward has to be bigger than the person um, playing small forward, but it, it was just these odd ways that he would bring Rodion's out and it never let Rodion show what he does and what he brings to the team which is not the profile of most of the Nets on, on the floor. He's not a three-point shooting stretch four. He's he's a hustle player. He's a he's a potentially super glue guy who who doesn't have a consistent three, but can stretch the floor, can space the floor because you can't leave him wide open to shoot it. And um um the guy brings energy. And yeah. and what I saw was this in the, in these eight games uh, uh, was a real center emerge, and one of the bigger conversations that we're going to be having a lot is him versus DeAndre. I I think after this playoffs, uh, and it's, listen after these eight games, after these bubble games, I feel like we know who our starting center is. I think it's ridiculous having this conversation about about him or DeAndre, and. And I even understand why they, why Kyrie and um, um, 
uh, KD want DeAndre to play, but they can't be sitting on their couches seeing Jared Allen play like this and not go, you know what, maybe it's better that our 33-year-old friend comes off the bench and, and plays 20 minutes a game. I, I mean, what what's your take well, on that? Well, Eve, I, I mean, this might this might uh this might uh, go into our one of our next topics, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if our if our friends Katie and Kyrie are watching these games based off of uh, based based off of the lack of uh, lack of anything I'm hearing from them. It's literally radio silence on uh, uh the, the only guy. And, and look, all the credit to you because you've been saying this entire time. This guy's a net. He's a net. But like Dinwiddie is the only guy that I've seen show any support for. Uh, yeah, and for the, and Kyrie this. oddly. Well, I'll tell you why Kyrie is not not saying anything publicly. Um, so I did I did see KD, you know, say like something about Karis, Karis directly towards Karis or a comment or some something like that. It wasn't yeah. strong enough for my liking either. But yeah. but the the that dry kind of like Karis telling everyone, yeah, you know, um, 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 uh, Kyrie reached out to me and was and was. You know, pro- like the the way he put it across made it seem so fake and so PR. <laughs> it it didn't seem like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, Kyrie's my boy. He called me, you know, we 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 he calls me after every game. He, you know, that's what we do. We just he tells me little things. It it didn't seem sincere at all, and and uh, I I, I don't like it, man. Like, yo, give me your take. <laughs> I mean, like, so this was. It's funny because the second the net game, the, the Trailblazer game ended, and just throughout the, the the entire bubble, this has been, no pun intended, like bubbling up for me. And I kept on thinking back to you because you've rightly, and, I, and, and I'm going to eat some crow on this, have been more critical of Katie and Kyrie than I have. And I was just watching this team and I was like, if you're if you're like Katie and Kyrie and you are you guys are both on on a mission to – silence whoever and to prove whoever for KD it's to show that he's like maybe one of the top 10 best guys ever for Kyrie it's to show that he can actually go to a team and have an overall really important long-lasting presence and like to watch these guys play their hearts out and just not really seem to care and and, and what what ended up being the cherry on top for the entire thing was the Nets playing that game against Portland and and the game ends, and Durant uploads a photo of him dunking. So some people, including uh, WFAN's Maggie Gray, thinks, or sorry, and Mark Malusis think that maybe it's Durant dunking because he's happy about the Nets or whatever. But instead, it was a it was a picture of him dunking from the the new Drake music video, and yeah. the notion that he was going to like use like it, first of all the the, the poetry of uh, of him uploading a picture of himself from a music video at the exact same moment that the Nets just had like one of like same game and, and Karis like, stepped up as a different like that was right. a that was a, a a moment where when um when Damien um uh, uh basically was getting interviewed at the end of the game and and so many people retweeted it and not even retweeted but just tweeted that he said it he was like Karis is cold and nope. and I thought that would have like had Kyrie, you know, out in the world, basically just elevating Karis's platform. I thought that would have had you know Kevin, you know, elevating Karis's platform, and 
and it just like like I saw it and and I'm I'm not apt to criticize Kevin Durant as much as I am apt to criticize Kyrie Irving. And there's and there's a reason for that. I, I I really believe that that Kevin Durant is here to win games. So me and Kevin Durant's uh goals and wishes for the team are the same. So I I don't necessarily criticize him. But Kyrie Irving, I feel like Kyrie Irving can't can't publicly you know, uh, uh, cheer the boys on, and he's done it in the past. That 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 was his normal before. Am I right, Sam? Like he's he's been injured and cheering on the team like via Twitter and Instagram. Am I right? Yeah, no. And and what I wonder, actually, this is the only like kind of funny thing I could think of is I wonder if he's just being quiet right now because he called on the NBA to not even have a seat. At the that, that's exactly it. That's that's exactly where I was. I was. Uh, I was leading. I he. He can't like he's so more interested about basically, you know, disqualifying this whole thing. He's he's basically stood on that ground now that I even during playoff games, he's put up pictures of like the Breonna Taylor thing. Like your opportunity to have the spotlight is over. Let these kids. Let these guys who are, you know, they may not be really fighting for like Brooklyn's pride or for the jersey. I mean, I I, I want to romantically believe those things, but I I know that's not the way these guys think. These guys think are fighting for their basketball um, futures. Everybody wants to get ten years. You know, the first goal is to get five years to get that first after your rookie contract. And then after you get that, you, you want to be able to get these playoffs and all-star game bonuses. And, you know, these guys have real hunger because they don't have $200 million sitting in the bank account like Kyrie does. And to not be in fraternity with them and and outwardly show love for your teammates, it was really, really disappointing, man. Like it's another one of those things that took away from how great it was to just be winning. You know what I mean? Just I, like I did not expect the Nets to play like that, and for them to be playing for nothing against Portland, like it, it didn't change anything about their future if they won that game. For them to and and it meant everything to Portland to win that game. The ball bounces just a little bit different, and they're out of the playoffs. They're in the playoffs now, and they had to win that game to do so and to see Karras put on that performance, uh, and for and for it to not just be, bring joy to Nets fandom. It, it's so disappointing, and it's and a part of it is what you're talking about is is this thing where the two of them aren't saying anything. I mean, what, what else have you noticed? I mean, there's that. I think like. I mean, I I find I find the Nets, um, I think I find the Nets social media bubble of, of of new fans or even old fans who now are just so happy that they have stars or whatever. I think the notion that you can't be critical of Kyrie without being like some type of or KD without being some type of Nets hater is crazy. And I think this also kind of alludes to what you were getting at, which was about the whole Levert. Uh, all these all these trade rumors that that have already started because he's playing well and 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 what I think is the funniest thing about it all is like look the net, well we're gonna get to this in the the second part of the podcast but 
I mean, the Nets are playing a juggernaut defensive team who have a million different guys they can throw at Levert. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if Levert had a really difficult series and his, I mean, his stats are not going to be the same as what they were in the regular season. And what's funny about this is that that's just going to be used the same way. Only, only, only with a different, only with different reasoning for why they should trade him now, because they're going to be like, Oh, look, see, he really can't be a third banana, even though what he's, what he's, what he's going to about to have to do against Toronto is going to be nothing that he'll ever have to do again. Thou shalt not covet shows the 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 wisdom of Torah's uh, scripture because we have Ka- we have Karis Levert, yep, and Karis Levert is playing brilliantly, right? Putting up fifty games against you know top defenses like like uh, 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 the Celtics, like I said, the the Portland um, the Portland game uh, uh, we didn't. We didn't need it. They needed it, and we fought them to the to the end. And now I'm, you know, I'm I'm prepping for the show, and I'm kind of just going through comment sections of 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 Nets Daily and 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 Twitter, and I and I'm looking at this article of passing torches. Kyrie Irving calls Karis uh, uh, Levert to offer encouragement. Okay, cool. Par for the course. Uh, uh, puff piece you know, you know, bloggy type of article. The first comment in this, just to show you like how like piss poor the Nets um um fan base and how covetous we are, uh Levert will never have higher trade value than this. <laughs> of course. How ruthless is that from a fan base and and what he's asking for is to basically trade Dinwiddie and Karras for Bradley Bill or Devin Booker. The insanity of this thinking is not is 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 beyond the problem of it. Like you are the worst defensive team in the NBA and you will never win a championship. I don't care how great of a scorer Bradley Bill is. Bradley Bill and 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 Karras Levert pretty much are a wash. Especially when you have, especially when you already have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, what when Kyrie played last year, the Nets were top three in offense in the NBA, and they had never played together before. And Kyrie only played twenty twenty games. The problem was when Kyrie touched the floor, the defense went to shit, and for us to be watching the Nets play hard hardcore i mean hard-boiled defense they're out there against top scoring teams playing incredible defense the the game against the clippers i was shocked at what the clippers needed to do and they, and, and and they weren't with their full complement of the players and of course neither were the nets but the joy I felt after watching that game and saying to myself, oh, my God, we have the pieces right here that we need. And these are the real nets. Jared Allen, Joe Harris, Rodion's Karutz, 
That's a core of your team. That's what gives your team character, culture, and a spine. And these net fans are already calling to wrap them in a ball to send them to for to for a guy who when his when he leads his team, they can't make the playoffs. <laughs> Do you understand how stupid that that whole thing is? Like like the 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 even the conceptual thinking here is Karis leading us to the playoffs in real life with maybe one of the shittiest rosters I've ever seen. G leaguers and a bunch of six foot three combo guards. And Karis Levert has basically put them on his back and is getting nearly 30 and, and six assists. And we're talking about trading him? What is wrong with our fan base, Sam? What? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, I want to see, I want to see Levert be the, the, the third guy for them. I think, I think there's been a lot of talk about whether he can actually be like, like, like play with the other two guys. I think he absolutely can. Like, like, I mean, I personally think he can definitely play with those two guys more than Dinwiddie can. Um, but. But I, but I also do agree. I think there is something wrong with the fan base at this point that it's constantly moving on uh, to the next thing. And look, like I happen to be a huge Bradley Beal fan. I think he's I think he's awesome. I mean, like B- Booker's not getting traded, but like I Beal Beal I think is fantastic. And do I think Beal is better than Levert? Yeah. But I also think the idea of trading Levert and Dinwiddie for Beal at this point is not something I'm really that interested. In. I'm more, I'm more interested in filling in gaps. Of uh, of places that are needed. If you told me I was getting a a great, as we've talked about, like a good four for Dinwiddie or something like that, maybe that's something I would consider. But like, I think I think this obsession with moving on to the next one is something that Nets fans, I think, have honestly, I think they've been in this mold now for about ten years or so. I think if you go to the 2010 summer and then you fast forward to almost getting mellow. Uh, the D will trade come out of nowhere, almost getting Dwight Howard, all this stuff. It's constantly yep. been the next one. Yep. Uh, and, and now they even have two guys. They, they managed to shock the world literally. What was it? 13 months ago. And it's still a, a, a onto the next one mentality. But, and, but let's talk and, about sheer results though. Hold, hold on. Like what wishing for a player go looking at a player on another team, be dominant without looking at, their results. Excuse me. <laughs> um, Bradley Beal and John Wall at full health basically was the Brooklyn Nets. I'm, I'm talking about being a seventh seed, sixth seed type of team. Never really contending. Um, but when the two were healthy... They barely looked like they could knock over any other team. And they had better talent surrounding them than the Nets with Nene and those guys. You mean to tell me when you already have a player like Kyrie Irving that is, you know, uh, a mercurial um you know, point guard that that will score more than than assists, but he can. He, you know, Kyrie has Kyrie is a can can get his assist, and a lot of his assists seem very direct and 
not necessarily creating offense or, or, you know, throwing guys open, as I like to say. Um, Karras tends to do that with Jarrett. But Kyrie is a scorer, right? Is is that the is that the right way to 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 um, right. label Kyrie? Then you have than he is distributor, so yeah. Right. So he's a scoring point guard. Then you then you already have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is what? The greatest scorer in our generation. Yep. Right? You you cannot the, the most unstoppable uh uh point producer in in NBA history probably. You you mean to tell me that the brightest idea and the and the thing that Nets fan could create this climate of disrespect for the, the for the player that's playing his heart out for them is Karis Levert? I mean is um Bradley Bill? That's the best idea? Do you realize what, what what it takes to make Kyrie Irving successful? To make Kyrie Irving successful, behind him has to be Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. LeBron James, if you don't have those type of defensive and defensive players like J.R. Smith, right, wing shooters like Kyle Korver, remember what was on that Cavs team along with LeBron in order for them to topple a Western Conference um, champion. So you mean to tell me that the, that with Kyrie Irving and with the with with Kevin Durant as our power forward, the defense that's going to win us championships is going to be with with Bradley Beal on the court. You're fools. Yeah. No. Look. I, and I. <laughs> by the way, I I heard this on a pot. Uh, I forgot who I was listening to, but someone said this, and I thought it was a good point. I think there is something to like if you want to start to conserve Kyrie a little bit because it's clear that like I mean his body is obviously look he's still young but his body He'll is what never plays seventy games ever in his career. Right, which, again. Yeah, which which, which I've, I've agreed with you now since we've started this pod. I think that's totally true. I think there is something to making making Kyrie more of a of a of a set shooter and having guys around him like as, as you were kind of alluding to like a Dinwiddie or Lavert who can slash and and cut and basically attract a bunch of defenders and leave Kyrie open for three as opposed to Kyrie kind of getting all the the bumps and bruises of doing his acrobatics in the in the paint because look Kyrie can shoot that's mm-hmm. what's like amazing about him as well is Kyrie like, can do everything there's not had- a there's not a thing that Kyrie really can't do except play defense and so Karras is a better defender than Bradley Beal he's also bigger you want Karras Levert on the court with that type of player so that one he can also bring up the ball he could create offense for other people he's more of a who I mean Kyrie as a point guard is a better passer but for what a shooting guard is supposed to do, I believe Karras is a better playmaker uh, for his teammates than Kyrie is. I think Kyrie almost plays at a step, a speed faster than his teammates, where it almost looks like he's playing alone out there. Uh, uh, whereas Ky- Karras has this kind of like dance he does with Jared Allen, yep. and he and he's finding. Um, Joe Harris, whenever he's open in, in the wing, he just knows 
how to activate his teammates a little uh, uh, better than 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 Kyrie. So he makes so much sense next to him. Whereas Bradley Beal is, I need the ball in my hands. I might I might shoot a a, a set shot from three. I might dribble drive, but I'm gonna need to to have value for what's uh, happening on the court. I have to get 20 shots a game. Karras doesn't have to. This is I. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I'm leading. I'm going too far in a, a negative direction. It, no, yeah, I, I think it's. I think there's also something too, which I think, which I think is also how you feel. Which is there's something to like this guy is one of one of the few guys who's like one of the net zone at this point, who's like the, one of the earliest marks guys and. He just came off of being second team all bubble, which like you could say it doesn't mean that much. I think it's pretty awesome that he that he did that. You're basically saying he's one of the ten best players in the bubble. And and and, and the immediate reaction is instead of being like, oh, one of our own is doing awesome, it's like, oh well, what what can we get for him? I, I think it's just I think it's just generally kind of annoying. Yeah, it, it's it's it just takes away from enjoying the moment. We'll look yep. back we'll look back like we could be looking back at this off season, I mean, not well. Excuse me, playoff season, and thinking back to some great games that happened, some players that emerged. But people aren't even watching the games. It's almost like they're watching the games for to to look out for any for any kind of topic or point that they were trying to make as proof. You know, I'm watching these games and I'm thrilled that they're way better. Like I I don't know how they're do- how they did it. <laughs> like and going into the playoffs, I'm I'm. I don't know what to expect. Like we're we're in the second half of the show, uh, Sam and I are gonna break down um, the Nets and 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 the playoffs. But I don't even know how to call what this is because Timothy Luau Cabarro is a horrible basketball player, and he looked great. <laughs> um, uh, Garrett Temple is the most mediocre or below average uh 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 high minutes basketball player that I've ever seen and 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 I also want to commend him again I think I said it at the top of the show amazing leader amazing spokesman for the Nets that guy is going to either be a coach or a general manager or a politician um uh, uh when he leaves the NBA, but he's not a good basketball player. And for Jacques Vaughn to be getting what he's getting out of these guys, how is Jacques Vaughn even doing this? Like Sam, yo, make me understand because I don't, I don't know how the, how we got here. I, I mean, I, I'm look. I think, I think, it, to, to me, kind of again, I think it like kind of cuts both ways. There's something to a team playing with like kind of nothing to lose which i think this nets team kind of was playing with and i think yeah. that that definitely plays a role but like at a certain point in a sport like the nba where talent matters so much mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't like the this isn't an nfl game or like a baseball game or a pit where one pitcher can kind of hold you down for a while like right i, I mean the, the nets had some lineups that were like tlc tyler johnson chioza like Kurooks and Justin Anderson, like these are just not like this is just not like a, a normal NBA team, especially one that's competing for uh, a playoff series. So I I totally give it to Jacques. I think it was I think it was awesome. Look, I mean, well, it's probably a discussion for 
maybe a week or two from now, if and when maybe the net season is hopefully not over, whether Jacques, whether he'll be able to ride that momentum to next year, I'm not sure. But so, so I want to get my Jack my my Jacques point off really quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, friend of mine who knows basically gave me the perspective that kind of drives my thinking on Jacques Vaughn. He was like, he was like, Jacques Vaughn and, and Sean Marks are like best friends. I, I'm sure Sean Marks has a better friend <laughs> that's not in basketball that he grew up with or something like that. Yeah. But him and Jacques Vaughn are super tight and have always been viewed by uh, Pop when they were players. Like Pop kind of saw who and his players would make good coaches and and general managers and and basically kind of molded them and led them in that direction. Jacques Vaughn is like Pop's son. So all of this Popovich is coming in the <laughs> at the end of the season nonsense that ESPN is spinning is is disgust me. But the one the the one that really disgusts me, and and I'm gonna be short on this, is Tyrone Lue. Tyrone Lue has no connections to to uh, uh, Sean Marks. I don't even think they've ever played together. And 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 I think, uh, matter of fact, they might have both been on that Suns teams when Allen Iverson stepped over him. But that brings me to my point. You don't want as your coach the guy Allen Iverson stepped over, especially not with Wild Kyrie and 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 Kevin Durant trying to have control of the team as it is. Jacques Vaughn did the job for us. He took the team and he made them play a little different. It wasn't as scripted with this team. They took two pointers when they were open. They hunted for good shots. They moved the ball and some scrubby players looked amazing. I don't know if Tyler Johnson is a good basketball player, but he added something to this team. And I was shocked to see it. You have to give Jacques Vaughn credit, no? Oh yeah, I mean a- absolutely. I mean, like, I, I mean, the, the, look, I think the t- the Tyler Johnson thing I ha- has to be a combination of coaching, and I just wonder if he he got he got he finally got an opportunity. And I think from what I've read on Twitter, I don't know if he was fully healthy in Phoenix, whatever mm-hmm. that was. Yeah. But, but look, I mean, like, the thing is, is I think with a lot of these coaches, like people. It, when people want to puff, puff puff someone up in one way, they they will basically uh, uh, they'll basically negate all the things that kind of were going their way, and then if they want to put someone down, they'll do the opposite. And like whether you think that look wins are wins, and, and and the team went what five and three in the bubble with a a, a crap roster as we said. A that bunch roster of was crap. Just say it. that was yeah. It was, like it was, they it was, was shit. It was it was horrible. Easily, it was easily the worst roster in the bubble. It was. I mean, look, they got blown. At, their worst game of the year was the the game against the Magic, who were the eight seed. Yep. And 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 who were probably the second one or the second or third worst team in the bubble, maybe after like the Kings or something. But like, or roster wise, and like there was no there was there was no reason, and the Wizards obviously there was no reason the Nets should have been as good as they were and there's there's a look there's also something too and i think this is something we didn't even talk about the nets easily could have kind of rolled over and been like like part of my language but like fuck the bubble yeah like like let's go home because which i think is what we're and that was and that was the mentality of of their leaders 
that yep. that's why I think this is so fascinating. What I'm watching is because oh, their superstars were like, "Fuck the bubble." Yep, they're like this is fake. This is like 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 even if like you you have to imagine. I I'm thinking that basically like Katie, Kyrie, DJ, uh, no the, TV, the fuck. all those all fuck. those guys. All those <laughs> hey, we got to talk about fuck friends of Kyrie or KD. Those yeah. guys did not come, and those and the only ardent professional that came was 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 um Garrett Temple. Where you got to give him even more credit because of that. You know, you you have to see his value on the team because of that. Because Torian Prince, De- DeAndre Jordan, the guys that they should be looking towards as leaders, they opted out, and these guys came to 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 orlando and balled out and made us proud you gotta give those guys credit right absolutely and we should also say that because i because I, I and i think we've done a good job of not putting him in this bubble but it's clear that dinwiddie definitely wanted to come oh yeah and he, he, just, he easily had the worst covid uh uh case out of out of all the guys on the team and he's cheering the team on the yep. rest of the rest of those losers <laughs> And I'm talking about you, Wilson Chandler, Torian Prince. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're they not even, like, posting things about their teammate. I don't see the excitement, you know. But I, I before we end this half, give me your, your best net of the bubble and then give me your worst net of the bubble. First, give me your best, and then I'll give you my best. I mean, uh, I I gotta say, I mean, I gotta say, Lavert with with Allen right right underneath, um, and then no, no, and, don't and do the worst, way, don't do the worst and, yet. Is that your best? And TLC is definitely an honorable mention because he was just in some games. I didn't know who I was watching. Uh, same, same. Um, I'm gonna give it to Rodions. When Rodions was on the court, the Nets won. When when they were having those shaky games early on. It was with him on the bench playing the five. That was crazy. Um, but he he persevered it. He went out there. He played as he didn't sulk. He didn't get mad about playing the center, and he just went out there and did his thing. That he's my guy of the bubble. I I, I didn't want to pick someone obvious, but uh, but he's my guy of the bubble. Now now you give me your worst guy of the bubble. The guy who so proved my, he's not an NBA player. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, is a guy who I like the mo- who I was super excited about, which was Chioza, who's like mm. basically like out of the ro- close to out of the rotation, especially because of uh, Johnson. How about you? Yeah, no, nah, I I was disappointed with Chioza, but Justin Anderson has proved to me that <laughs> you're not going to be six for three with you know all he could do is he's su- he's a super athlete. I bet I, I bet you he'd be an amazing football player, um, but. He's not an NBA player. Uh, I, I like the grit. I like the toughness. Um, good dude, but not an NBA player for me. Dude, are you good to do it all again and and take a quick break? Absolutely, let's do it. So Part we're gonna two. so we're gonna talk about the playoffs on the other side and um, and basically give you our playoff predictions and break down how we're gonna roll out. Uh, uh, go ahead and switch. <laughs> it's not even a matter of I want to do the whole. Yo, we'll be back after after comm- no. <laughs> Just press play on the next joint. Where where the front office is me and Sam. Uh, the other half on the other joint. 
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.